0: On this episode, we talk about utilizing natural light, the second in a series of seven episodes all about improving your photography. It's Monday, July 3rd, and this is the iPhotography Podcast. I'm Greg McMillan, joined by my good buddy Dave Podner. Hello, David.
1: Hey, Greg. How you doing?
0: I'm beat. (laughs) I am just, as they would say in the UK, I'm right knackered. It's been a very, very busy time for me, Um, and... Uh, I can, I, I held off telling you this until we were recording because I oh. want to get your reaction. <laughs> okay. I, okay. So remember the picture that used to be behind me of a, of a house?
1: hmm
0: Yeah. So that was, um, so we had this big family reunion and when I say big, I mean, I showed you the picture of our family. Not everybody mm-hmm. that was there was in this picture I took and it had 156 people in it. So it's a big family. So what we did was we did. Uh, my cousin that that hosted is an auctioneer, okay. and they auctioned off some stuff. People donated some stuff to help pay for the event, okay. and then anything over and above went to. Um, uh, it actually went to. Uh, it's going to go to uh, help rebuild the uh, the legion that burnt down in this in their town out there, and oh, not too okay. far from here. So okay. it was good. It's going to go to a good cause. So. I, I donated this big picture. It's a big picture mm-hmm. of the house that my parents live in. And it, it's the house that my grandparents lived in for years and raised that family. And this family reunion was to honor my grandparents and, and their children, who is like my parents and aunts and uncles. Mm-hmm. And they're all getting up there. So, and my, my, my grandparents are long gone. So this picture, I took it in the fall with my phone and, blew it up, and put it in this frame. And then, actually, my dad made a frame out of barn board, which really suited the picture better. And so I donated it to the auction. And I have never sold a photo. Not that I sold it, but, I mean, I've never had a photo go for so much money as this one. Oh, wow. $1,000. Oh, wow.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. One of my one of my cousins' kids. So this this guy is my second cousin. He just got married mm-hmm. last weekend. Um he wanted it and he wanted it bad. So he yeah. bid he bit, bit $1,000 on it right off the hop and nobody touched it. <laughs> so he oh, got what, it. <laughs> it
1: wasn't even a build up.
0: No. Wow. He wow. wanted it so bad and uh so now he's got it. <laughs> And so, I mean, I guess I could say I've sold a, a I've sold a print for a thousand dollars,
1: yeah, wow uh
0: normally, I probably would have got maybe a hundred and fifty bucks for it but
1: still who I knows mean, I, but that would be that would be wow, but yeah thousand
0: thousand wow. dollars <laughs> for a Shh. picture <laughs> oh I, i'm doing the I'm doing the wrong line of work when I go to work Oof. but anyway that's, I, think um... we,
1: I think we both are <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so that's that that was my uh that was a highlight for me, I think. Uh oh yeah know, the last that would
1: definitely be a highlight.
0: A couple of weeks or so. So um but I've been so busy that um now, okay, so as everybody knows if they're following the podcast, we're we're in week two, well not week two, but episode two of a seven episode series of uh improving your photography. And this is you know, this is stuff that can be uh related to any type of camera, not just an excuse me, not just an iPhone. And uh the the first week the first episode we talked about mastering composition. And this this time we're talking about utilizing natural light. And um uh now where was I going with this? <laughs> um well
1: just so that, that we're, we're in week two and we're on to natural light.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I had a thought before I started yammering on about that. Um no, okay but anyway, um yeah, so so that's that's what that's what oh oh I know what I was gonna say. Normally we wanted to take pictures recently and because we're not doing our recent photos, but we were gonna right. try to kind of do kind of like a homework assignment for for this um mm-hmm. this subject. But I've been so busy I had to pull them out of my archives. <clears throat> so I just wanted to disclaim no. that. Oh no, <laughs> no, and,
1: and there's one or two that i did that um i had to pull from my archive that were i I think we had to pull let's see here i'm gonna kind of go over i only had to pull one i only had to pull the first one the golden hour one everything else i was kind of lucky that i kept in mind what we were actually um the outline for our week that we're doing i kept Mm -hmm. as a note on my phone oh yeah and times when i would just go for a walk i would just do a, a scroll through the note and say okay here are the seven or eight different topics that we may want to be thinking about so keep an eye out if you can see something a photo opportunity that would match this
0: yeah yeah you know yeah uh and you know i'm, I'm gonna try my darndest to do that for the next one um and you said it is understanding exposure right yeah so yeah, so uh yeah, I mean I think I could I could try things with that um <laughs> for the next one. But anyway, um so utilizing so, natural light. And before uh, we get
1: started, Greg, before we yeah. get started, um, as you mentioned, we are recording on July third. Mm-hmm. Uh so people in the US are getting started setting off fireworks. Um, so there may be the occasional boom and bark that you hear. Uh, with my neighbor setting off their own fireworks and the dogs barking at the fireworks. Okay. <laughs> uh, our dog Charlie is not scared of fireworks or lightning, he just barks at them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he's not cowering. Right, he's not, he's not, sh- he's not, you he, know, I, I had a dog growing up who was exceptionally afraid of fireworks. We had our to dog, give him, is, yeah. Yeah. We had to give him an attivan before oh, fireworks really? or thunderstorms. Yeah. He was. When we, we got him, when he was an older dog, he was abused by whoever had him before us. Yeah. So, but Charlie, you can, he's not afraid. He's not cowering. He's coming yeah. to the top of the steps and barking at the front door. Yeah. Like someone's at the front door. So he's being brave and he's barking at the noise. Yeah. But <laughs> if that happens to, you know, Greg does a great job with editing. But in case something does happen to kind of filter through and every so often if you hear boom, blah blah. boom
0: you you know what it is <laughs> well you know leo's had his time so maybe charlie Almost can have definitely. some time <laughs> that is true
1: that is true that is true
0: so yeah no it, it's all good if, if it happens it happens it's not a big yeah. deal um so now uh, to, just to recap on this um this whole process uh i got this outline from chat gpt and um it was the outline for improving your photography you know, and then all the different subjects. And then I took each subject and got an outline for it too. So that's basically where this, all this stuff comes from. It's not that uh Dave and I can't think for ourselves. I think we're pretty good at that, but <laughs> it just, I was just playing around with this one time and I thought, Hey, this is a g- great idea for a series. So that's where it all come from mm-hmm. in case you, in case you miss the last episode. Uh So Utilizing natural light, uh, it says effectively in iPhone photography can significantly enhance the quality and mood of your photos. And then here are some mm-hmm. tips to make to help you make the most of natural light. So now that this is where we're going to start. And we're going to start with number one, and it's golden hour and blue hour. So I'll just read off the cuff here what it, okay. what it says. Uh, Take advantage of the magical lighting conditions during the golden hour, which is shortly after sunrise or shortly before sunset. And blue hour, which is shortly before sunrise and after sunset. During these times, the light is softer, warmer, and creates a beautiful glow. Plan your outdoor shots accordingly and capture stunning images with warm tones and long shadows. So that's what the chat GPT outline gave us. Mm -hmm. Um, So now if you look on your podcast player um, or if you you don't have access to however you're listening, if it doesn't show the images, you can go to the website The images will be there and you can follow along that way. Um, The first one we're going to look at is with regards to golden hour is one that Dave provided. And uh, Mm -hmm. so, you know, kind of give us your thoughts on, um, you know, how this applies to golden hour.
1: Sure, sure. So this was taken early in the morning. Um, This is what like I said. This is one of the older photos I had. So this mm-hmm. is around four years old. This was taken in April around 630 in the morning. So you figured this is right after sunrise. Yeah. And the it helped that it was mostly overcast, but it wasn't a solid bank of clouds. Mm-hmm. And in this case, um, just trying to orientate myself here. Uh, I believe I'm facing east in this case and the reddish of the uh sun just coming up just creates this blanket on in the sky yeah so it just gives you that extra golden light and you'll get this with or without clouds but if it's cloudy the clouds almost act as an additional reflector and you just get that and especially helps that the road i'm on is a red brick road so that, oh, adds okay. to, that adds to the warmthness of the image.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, for so
1: sure. So you just have this kind of glow about you. And like I said in the thing, it's, it's something definitely keep in mind right after sunrise and right before sunset.
0: Yeah, for the um, golden hour. Yeah, for
1: the golden hour. I really haven't. I, I tried to find ones that I had blue hour
0: mm-hmm. and I just
1: couldn't find a good blue hour that I've taken. And yeah. it, it it is a different feel. So it, it's um again, these are both now I know there's different apps you can do to find gold hour and blue hour. Um or, you know, if you have the Apple Watch, there's watch faces that with sunrise and sunset that yeah. you can actually see when it's happening. You can even set an alarm then. Mm-hmm, I, yeah. I tried do I try doing that. You know there was oh it's going to be sunset at this time i'll try to set an alarm five minutes before 10 minutes 15 minutes before and the alarm would be check check to see if a good photo is happening
0: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: but a lot of times especially let's say in the summer sunrise happens so early or sunset happens late enough it's you it's a little harder to catch Than the equinoxes where they're a little closer to, you know, especially the the sunrise part, unless you, you have a job like great where sometimes you work until early morning and you catch the sunrise coming home.
0: Yes. I've done that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, so the the idea of golden hour is to give, uh, you know, to produce an image with a nice warm feeling to it, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, warm as in color temperature, um, and, uh, so I have one for golden hour as well. And this one here was, um, I forget when it was taken. Uh, yes, I do. No, no, I don't. I, I remember it was July, uh, of 2021 and it was about 20 after eight in the evening. So there's still probably an hour or so, uh, actually probably about an hour and a half of daylight left. But at this particular spot, the sun was coming through some trees and hitting this dam at just the right. I was there at just the right time of day and and the, the right place, right time, and it um, uh, warm like the nice warm glow of the sunlight hit the cement mm-hmm. and and it. I don't think I did much with this as far as editing goes, other than, you know, maybe a little bit of saturation but it was pretty warm. Like the light was pretty warm Mm -hmm. when I hit that cement and that little bit of water. And, you know, so it gives it a, a a nice moody, moody feeling, a moody look to it. Um, You know, had this been um, in the middle of the day, it would be a completely different image. Uh, You know, like it's got, there's some dark areas in it where a lot of shadow areas and stuff. And um, now if you hear a loud snap, that's me killing this fly around here <laughs> but anyway um
1: now, there's I... there's
0: a uh just a nice feeling of, of mm-hmm. warmth to this and so you know dave's example early morning just after the sun was up and with this example of uh late in the evening just before the sun was going down mm-hmm. you know it, it golden hour gives it a nice uh nice mood to the image and um you know, and with blue hour, I couldn't find one with blue hour either. And admittedly, I like with all the stuff I've been doing the last week or two, I didn't have a whole lot of time to hunt right. hunt one down or or take one for that matter. But with blue hour, basically the sun's already gone down and, you know, the sky could look dark, but when a camera picks up the sky in an exposure, it'll actually look blue. And that's why they call it blue hour. And it just gives it a whole different mood, a different feeling to the image. Mm-hmm. So like with Dave, with your picture, um, blue hour might not work so great with clouds like that. Right. But it probably would a little bit. But if it was clear, it would definitely be better.
1: Well, one thing I noticed on your photo, if you zoom into the uh, the lit up concrete pier uh, mm-hmm. pillar, not not overly but just kind of halfway zoomed in because of the way the shadows are hitting it almost looks like a face the way the way it almost looks like someone with like a beard and the eyes and like you said about the shadows if it's midday you're not getting the same shadows hitting it the same way right yeah especially a worn piece of concrete where it's not smooth so yeah. you're going to have the shadows and the dips and midday is just so harsh. And so it hits it so hard where yeah. later in the day, you do get that softer and being diffused through the tree. You can see a, You can have a little bit of a different feel to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll know, golden hour. Sure. I guess one of my favorite times to shoot Um, you know, cause that's, you know, the sun setting or the, or rising. Um, and like Dave said, I, I, if I work a night shift and I get out of work at just the right time, I can catch a good sunrise, but Mm -hmm. on my days off, I don't get up for one. (laughs) It's (laughs) just not what I do, but, um, but you know, you can get to some really cool and pardon the pun here, but cool, warm images, um, at golden hour, Mm um, um, I, I don't know. You know, Golden Hour can produce some great things. Like if you're in a big city and you can see the sun reflecting off glass buildings, mm-hmm. you know, those types of images are fantastic. Um, you know, I've seen tons of them on Instagram, you know, places like that. Uh, so, you know, Golden Hour, there's plenty of opportunity to produce a nice, uh, a nice warm, uh, pleasing image.
1: Mm-hmm. Most definitely.
0: So. Next, we got diffused light. Dave, you want to read the outline for that?
1: Mm -hmm. It says, look for diffused light on cloudy or overcast days. Clouds act as a natural diffuser, creating soft and even lighting that is flattering for various subjects. These conditions are especially suitable for portrait photography as they eliminate harsh shadows and provide a more balanced exposure.
0: Yep. So So you have a... a um a l a a lily that you've taken uh, in diffused light so you know explain what what sure. what 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 the advantage of diffused light is
1: sure sure so in this case i was getting pretty close so if you would have a clear day with harsh lighting you're creating a shadow and that you have to deal with especially when you're in close to like flowers where you have like I'm I may be between me and the sun and there'd be a harsh shadow that I would somehow have to deal with it by either maybe zooming in or going to a weird angle uh, or just it sometimes just blows out some of the details mm-hmm. because trying to deal with a either a exposure or be craned a harsh shadow with the harsh jagged lines that, you know, sometimes you want that, but for a delicate thing like a flower you don't necessarily want harsh lines on there now this is something this is me taking advantage of the recent fires that happened in northern canada uh so this wasn't an overcast day this was a hazy day due to the smoke
0: Mm, yeah smoky day
1: yeah so it was a little it's a little different diffusion because instead of dealing with water droplets, you're dealing with particulate matter. And you're dealing with not just the high clouds, but that particulate matter was everywhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: I remember I, this was me walking from my desk down to get a cup of coffee at, at my work. And you could smell the smoke in the air.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: So, and just having that. Makes it a little bit easier to get these details, or like it, like it mentions, if you're trying to get a portrait, because mm-hmm. it's so hard. So, like I said, some people do want that harsh look with somebody, but for the most part, when you're doing a portrait, you don't want a harsh light because the harsh lines on someone's face. It looks good if you're like you had that photo, that black and white photo from last year, I think, of the person uh, up close that was great as a harsh line. It was the with the um, white background. Oh, yeah. Okay, that was a great harsh look because you were going for someone, a weathered look to someone.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: that's also a negative where if you're trying to do an outdoor shot of someone, it brings up all the creases and cracks and criggles and, you know, their their eyes are very hard to see because of the lighting. So you want to try to diffuse the light if it's overcast or if, let's say if you don't have an overcast day you look for something to diffuse the light for you yeah to to make it easier and make the subject a little it makes the subject look better especially when you're dealing with portrait photography
0: yeah and it gives gives it an el- element of softness mhm yeah um yeah so uh and what what you know we're going to talk about harsh midday sun, but you can't escape talking about it when you talk about diffused light, because, you know, you, you, you think of diffused light and you think of all the problems that you're solving with it. And, you know, the problems are the problems that Mm -hmm. you have with that harsh light. Mm -hmm. But with this particular image of this flower, uh, you know, the flower stands out against the background and, um, and this fly is going to drive me nuts. But, uh, Um, you know, the flower stands out against the background and there's no worry of any shadow interfering with it. So it's got a nice, even lighting to, you know, it very easy to expose because Mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about, uh, whether you're trying to expose for the highlights or the shadows or whatever, everything's nice and even. Um, uh, my image for diffuse light is a, a flower, that uh, I did with a macro lens. This is with a moment macro lens from a few years ago. And it was just an overcast day. And I I just didn't have to worry about, you know, how to approach the flower. I didn't have to worry about my mm-hmm. shadow going mm-hmm. you know over it and getting in the way or anything so um you know it works out great for for macro work it, it, it you don't have to worry about where you position yourself you could take a uh, any almost any kind of picture from any angle in diffused light like that um i always used to think cloudy days were the best time for landscape photography mm-hmm. but i've i've learned since that you know sometimes golden hour is best or or blue hour, even just depending on what you're shooting in the landscape. But, um, I've come to appreciate light a lot more over the years. But, you know, a few years ago, I was doing most of my landscape shots on an overcast day with this nice, even, diffused light, you know, and, and there will still be shadow areas with diffused light because, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're in the forest or whatever, um, you know, there's bound to be some shadow areas, but it's nice and, um, it's it's a very s- gradual transition from the bright areas to the dark areas when it when it comes to the shadows, and I mean you can see that with with even with Dave's picture, um, in the in the long grass in the background, you know there there's there is some sunlight by the looks of it coming through the the smoke that was in the air, mm-hmm. but it's not that bad. It's very gentle, and and with the image that I have with this yellow flower. It's um you know it's just so it just makes everything look so soft and, and pleasing to the eye. So that's, um, you know that's basically our thoughts on diffused light. So next we have backlighting. So experiment experiment with backlighting where the primary source of light comes from being with your sub being uh, sorry, where the primary source of light comes from behind your subject. This can create a beautiful halo effect, rim lighting or silhouettes. Uh, use the iPhone's exposure control, tap and hold the screen uh, to lock the focus and exposure and then slide your finger up and down to adjust accordingly um, to ensure your subject is properly exposed. So I, I really like doing backlit stuff. And this one here, it's a black and white, Dave, that you mm-hmm. did. And now was this with portrait mode?
1: Um, I'm trying to remember. I know oh, did it you was just, not.
0: You just separated the background, did you? Or how did you do this? Uh, well, what this, happened This is, is
1: interesting. Yeah. What I did was, um, this was taken directly into the sun. So, yeah, basically, it was a branch of a bush that I have outside our house.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The sun is actually directly behind one of the leaves. Oh, okay. And... The only thing really in the background is sky. Oh, okay. So there's yeah. not a lot of background. So when right. I did the edits, and I actually did the edits in the photo app, because this is a live mm-hmm. photo still. Okay. Um. So this was, I didn't use Lightroom or Photomator. This was, and I originally I wanted to go for a silhouette here. But as I was adjusting it, the detail of the veins in the actual leaves themselves
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the um you could see because it, they're they're thin they're thin enough leaves that you could see through them if you have a bright enough light yeah the texture yeah. the additional texture mm-hmm. um i just like the way it turned out that way so it was you know i was looking for a silhouette or a backlit thing to do and after taking the photo and just working it around a little bit. Um, it turned out like, wow, that, the the way, just the extra texture by allowing it to come through.
0: Yeah. You know, the leaves yeah, being cool. a
1: little translucent, just added a, a nice little texture addition to uh, what else, you, you know, addition, in addition to just having the, the contrast between the black and the white background.
0: Mm-hmm so how did you get the sky like the background to be so white
1: i'm trying to remember exactly how i worked on it (laughs) um just because i i i when i started the editing process i kept the original photo yeah um so basically the background was just a light blue by just converting it into i think the main edit i did was just converting it to black and white Okay. That was enough and working on the contrast.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. The oh, contrast. Yeah. Oh, all right, the yeah. Shadow lights. And then and using and
1: if... a black using one of the black and white filters that's yeah. built into the photos app.
0: Yeah. And I think it's important to know kind of what you did. Um mm-hmm. because when you first look at this, you might not think it's backlit, you know, because you can see the veins and the leaves and everything else. You can see all the detail. Mm-hmm. But knowing that it is backlit, and actually that one leaf just left of center, you could pretty much see where the sun flare is. Yeah. Um, you know, it's coming off that leaf there. Uh, I think it's it I think it's important to know the editing process because you know, now that we know it's backlit, we know what the effect you can get um, mm-hmm. by shooting into the sun with leaves in the foreground as you could see, like the sun's strong enough to go right you know through those leaves and show you that detail um and and when when we look at mine you'll see a a, basically the same idea but not to this extent but you can see the detail you could tell that the sun is coming when you when you first look at it no you don't you don't know it's backlit but when you know it's backlit you can say okay yes that sun is coming through the leaves to give you that effect and and I think that's a very cool um, idea that you had there, especially with the edit, because um, yeah, it, it it could throw people for a loop, mm-hmm. and and it threw me for a loop because when you when you label this as backlighting, I thought, okay, how is that? You know, how is this backlit? <laughs> and it, but you know, but it makes sense now that you explain it, yeah. which I think is cool. Um, when you look at my image, it's a leaf. And it's lit from the other side, but it's not directly. I wasn't pointing the camera directly at the sun. So, I mean, you could see the face of the leaf that's facing the camera, but the backlighting provides um, shadows for the backside of the leaf from other mm-hmm. parts of the tree. And so it, you, you could really, there's a lot of different um, cool things you can do with that by projecting the shadow on the leaves and, you know, it's uh it's, you could have a lot of fun playing with that um, different angles, different types of leaves, all that stuff. But, you know, when you talk about backlighting, you can think about, um, you know, like a hair light uh, in, in portraiture. Um, if you have, you know, if you want to, if you want to light a, a person, shoot with, sh- take a picture of a person, with the light say the sun behind them you know you could always use a flash whether it's a an on-camera flash or an off-camera flash but you could use a flash to light up their face Mm -hmm. to compensate for that heavy shadow area you're going to experience when the sun's behind them um you know there's there's a lot of different things you can play around with with backlighting and um um you know and and when you really stop and think about it, exposure is a pretty uh, important part of the process. When you're shooting Mm -hmm. backlit backlit like that, I remember doing some macros of flowers and um, I had the phone upside down right on the ground because they were so small, these little daisies. And, you know, they were, and I shot them backlit on purpose. So it it took a lot of processing and everything else to make Mm -hmm. them look, you know the way I wanted where you can actually see what the flowers are. Um so you know backlit has a lot of different elements to it. You know, you know, you got your your exposure and then your processing and subject matter and all that stuff. So it's 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 a it's an interesting concept to play around with. Uh next is midday sun or actually the, the thing says avoid harsh midday yeah. sun. So Dave you want to read that yeah. one?
1: Yeah. Sure. The midday sun can create strong shadows and harsh highlights, resulting in unflattering images. As flu shooting outdoors during this time, look for shaded areas or use natural objects like trees or buildings to create softer lights on your subject. And we talked a little bit about this with the diffused light, because this is kind of the the opposite.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: With with your photo, though, you're showing how the harsh light can actually be used to your advantage to show patterns.
0: Yeah, um yeah, like it's it says to avoid harsh midday sun. And when I was going through some of my images looking for something that would be um you know, the wrong type of image to take. I honestly couldn't really find too many. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not saying I'm a, a great photographer in that respect. I'm just saying that and I think it's the iPhone too. I think the iPhone has a lot to do with this as it ha- cap captures such a wide dynamic range that you know yeah you can you can get it could be too bright in the sunlight areas and too dark in the shadow areas but for this particular image I shot when I took the picture I dialed the exposure down so that the bright stuff would look you know half decent and then just let the shadow stuff you know
1: mm-hmm. let it,
0: let the shadows go where they go and it actually didn't turn out too bad but um, I've shot this particular day, I bet you I took about 20 or 30 pictures,
1: mm.
0: none of which I would really think are usable just because of all the harsh shadows and the bright light. And I, I I think with this one here, I think I maybe got a little lucky because the roots at the bottom of the tree are in the sunlight and then the rest of it, everything's, you know, kind of with mm-hmm. dappled light or whatever. But um you know, but with with harsh sunlight, you know, uh, so taking pictures of people in harsh sunlight. Jefferson Graham's favorite um, tip that he talks about from from the iPhone photo show is: put a, a carry a magazine with you, open it up, and put it over the person's head to block the sunlight, so that the the background can be bright sun, but mm-hmm. the person will be in shade,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: will will create a more pleasing image. Um, cause I mean, we all know that if you take a picture of someone in the bright sun and the, sh- the, the, you have a shadow under their eyes or under their nose or something, you know, it, it, it's just not very flattering at all. So, uh, any more thoughts on the bright sun, midday sun?
1: No, no, I think we talked a lot about that for the, the fuse light. So I think, like I said, it, it's almost two sides of the same coin.
0: Mm-hmm. The next one is reflectors and fill light <clears throat> and We don't have any images for this because as Dave and I talked about before we started recording, we don't really have any reflectors or we don't use flash. So,
1: um,
0: but Dave, Dave has a little trick that he told me about, uh, but I'll just read this first. It says when shooting in challenging lighting conditions, consider using reflectors or fill light to balance the exposure. Um, Reflectors can bounce light into your, onto your subject and fill in shadows while fill light can be added Uh, Using an external light source or by using a white surface to bounce natural light onto the subject. Now, I I think before we go any further, I think it's somewhat confusing when we talk about natural light. And then now here we are talking about, you know, um, uh, external light sources and things like that. I consider I consider natural light to be the light available at the time of the shot. Now, whether you're using a, an off-camera flash or whatever, um, or a flashlight, you know, to me that's natural light. It's not um, uh, like like it's light that's available to you at the time. So I I I I, I usually call it available physical,
1: light, yeah, or physical light,
0: yeah. So you know, natural light doesn't always have to be sunlight. So, now just talk a little bit about that tip you gave me Dave with your yeah. with where you're sitting.
1: Yeah, so where I'm sitting, I don't the only light in the room is an overhead light behind me. So for video being lit from behind generally is a bad thing. Uh it darkens your face, it creates long shadows. So I have a it's actually not a ring light um it's a magnifying light so you plug in you kind of look through the magnifying lens but it's a ring shaped light well if i put the ring light directly on me it's way too harsh way too bright but if i point it at the wall which is very light uh, it's, it's like a white cream colored wall um and then it reflects off the wall back at me it gives a nice Basically, like a fill flash, if you will, mm-hmm. where it's giving a little bit of light on my face without, you know, doing the looking like you're, you're you're a little kid holding a flashlight up to your face, telling ghost stories.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: it gives you a nice fill there. And the other thing, and this is something that the iPhone does, and that Max, I don't, I, I'm assuming they still do this. um if it's too dark the screen will flash white as a fill flash
0: oh when you're taking a selfie yeah yeah
1: because or or if you're using um at least at least my computer uh if i'm using cuz i have a mac um a photo room not photo fo- not photo room um
0: or photo booth
1: photo booth and you yeah. want to take a picture and it's too dark the screen will go white mm-hmm. to act like a diffuse uh kind of like a reflector. Yeah. To give you this white, but not like a point flash. And that's part of the problem with like when people say don't use the iPhone flash because it is so much of a point, you're not getting a nice even tone on someone. It's like pointing a flashlight at someone's face. Yeah. So, but I mean, like I said, you can use walls, you can use pieces of paper. You don't have to buy and, expl- you know, something that is set up just to be a reflector.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like those those um, shiny silver looking yeah. things that photographers mm-hmm. pop out of their kits or whatever. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, you know, when it comes to iPhone photography, if you have a another iPhone or if somebody is with you and you can use theirs, some good fill light is to turn on their, their flashlight part and leave it on and, mm-hmm. you know, move it in and out adjust the strength of it and it it works great for fill light um you know like if you're if it's if it's kind of dark and you want to add a little bit of light to someone's face even say from the side for that kind of dramatic effect you can and then take your shot with even with night mode i imagine it would work um i don't take a enough pictures of people to have tried this, but I've, I'm just kind of imagining that that, that would work great as fill light, um, you know, and, you know, reflectors, uh, like Dave said, you could use a, a blank piece of paper, yeah. you know, anything, anything that can reflect light, you could put it down below your chin, whatever, you know, it, it, there's, there's mm-hmm. all kinds of, um, uh, all kinds of ideas for a, a makeshift reflector. Um and uh, I don't know. That's that's about all yep. I can think of. And I think I think that's very clever what you're doing with your setup. Like, yeah, you. because you know when I'm when I'm looking at Dave on the screen here, folks, he looks really good. You know, the lighting is really good on him. And then the rest of the room in the background is a little dimmer, so he really stands out on the screen. Mm-hmm. So that's actually quite clever. Um, I couldn't get away with that in this room that I'm in because. Um, I have all these foam pads on the wall to absorb the sound. Mm. <laughs> they're not gonna bounce the light off very well. Right, right. They're gonna more they're gonna absorb it more than anything. But um, so I, you know, I have to play around with my lighting setups, but mm-hmm. but anyway. Um, but yeah, so that's uh reflectors and fill light. Mm-hmm. So this next one is silhou- 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 Silhouettes. And um, you know, Dave and I, we got uh well, there's three pictures here. Dave supplied two, and I have supplied one. And your first one, Dave, is an interesting take on silhouettes. Sure, um, sure. But well, before so, we do
1: that, let me write the uh, little little caption here, the little um, the snippet. Okay. Um, Capture striking silhouettes during sunrise or sunset by exposing for the background rather than subject. This technique also works well when you have a strong and recognizable shape or an outline against a colorful sky
0: hmm
1: So yeah, the, the first one here, and let me bring it up on my phone. Make sure I have yeah. So this was actually sunset outside of a strip mall. Um, and it was just dark enough where the clouds were reflecting the sunset. So you can almost consider this golden hour, also.
0: Oh, sure, yeah. Uh,
1: but the It was just dark enough. it wasn't a complete black silhouette, but it was the, the, there was a good amount of darkness, and the street lights are just kind of there mm-hmm. to give you a point set of lights which are kind of going down the road, and the car lights are on, yeah, so they give you a little depth too, so it's not like it's not strictly a straight silhouette black against. Color or black against white, but it gets the feeling of, you know, what's in front isn't as important as the sky per se.
0: Yeah. And I've seen, I've seen people do silhouettes where you can see like, if it's a person that's silhouetted, you can see a little bit of light around mm. the one side of the okay. type of thing, you know, mm-hmm. just to kind of give an outline of, of what their features may look like. And that's exactly what I think of when I see this, because you could tell, like, if, if, if you had edited this to the point where everything at the bottom, like in the foreground was mm-hmm. completely black, you'd never know there was cars in the parking lot. Right. But uh, that's what I like about this is the fact that you could tell that there's cars there, but yet a lot of the features are so dark that, you know, basically they're irrelevant and, and that helps the, the sky stand out.
1: Mm hmm. And especially if you have a nondescript foreground, yeah, that yeah. helps out. You know, if you if you were doing something like the New York City skyline or, you know, uh, Big Ben in London, where mm-hmm. you, the what's so or is so known, you yeah. could do it as a blackout, and people would know that. But having a basically, it's a it's a it's a strip mall from sixty that was built sixty years ago, and right right on the ground, it's kind of nondescript. You know, yeah, there's nothing yeah. really that sticks out here. As, yeah,
0: like, like you know. Any, any the average person looking at this wouldn't know anything about it. Whereas if you if you live there, mm-hmm. if you're familiar with it, you'd know what it is, if exactly. it was completely silhouetted out. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like you say, it's uh um you know, be being that it's nondescript, it's nice to have just a little bit of detail in there to kind of help you understand what it is. Mm-hmm. So your next one. Yeah, Um, it's a it's a true silhouette. There's no doubt about it.
1: Right. And this was actually uh, taken last night during our power outage. So went outside um, just this was between lines of thunderstorms. Mm -hmm. And I did convert this to black and white. So originally this was not even though it's night mode um, handheld. It wasn't really black and white. There was still some color in the uh, clouds itself. But I decided to go black and white just to give that extra punch, especially with the trees in the foreground. Because yeah. even though they're, they're pretty filled in, you can see the holes in the trees for lack of a better term, where the branches yep. are. There's not yeah, where You can leaves. see
0: through them. Yeah,
1: exactly. So I want, I wanted to emphasize that. And I didn't get rid of the power lines. Um, sometimes touch retouch is a great job, but sometimes if you have that many power lines, it can just mess up the photo. So I decided just to leave it there. Also,
0: yeah. Well, you know what though, it, that adds it adds kind it of adds, to it, too. it adds to the story of the photo where you're yeah. you know, you're talking about a power outage, and what better way to explain it than to have dead power lines in the yeah. photo? <laughs> but you know, that's that's uh, so boosting the contrast and and really making sure that the foreground is blackened right out is mm-hmm. a great way to have silhouettes to show silhouettes. Um, the image that I provided is uh, uh kind of in between the two images that you provided. It's dark enough the the foreground is dark enough that you can barely see what it is other than the fact that you could tell it's a house. and this this is an old abandoned house. um mm. so there's no lights on the the reflection on the glass on that one window in the front is from the sun and Ooh, okay. um or or maybe not the sun but at least from you know the lit up sky that's in mm-hmm. the background and um you know so you could tell it's a, ho- a house because if you can see part of the roof you can see a couple of hydro poles and you can even see the line going from the one up into the uh, top right of the frame mm-hmm. and then of course the trees there and i like like you i boosted the contrast a little bit to make sure that there was very little to no detail in that foreground in that silhouette. So, um, you know, that's, but there's just enough left in the, the windows of the house there that you could tell that that's what they are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, that's, you know, silhouettes is, is, a you know, an interesting concept to play with. Um, you know, you can leave a lot of detail in, or you can take all the detail out of it. And, um, by taking the detail out of it and boosting the contrast here, of course, the sky um, is more or less the star of the show because of the cloud yeah. cover, and you can still see some of the blue sky in behind and whatnot. And uh, you know, just uh, a, a lot of fun to play with 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 silhouettes. Um, I,
1: do lo- I do love the the the, like you said, just that just that hint on the front porch of the reflection. Yeah, because that just cuts into the middle of the silhouette. Yeah, yeah. And you can tell it's not the sky behind it since it's a bright yellow.
0: Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, that's there's right. a little
1: additional contrast and um look to the photo.
0: Yeah. And you know, I just noticed now after you know having taken the photo and edited it and everything else, that the tall pole that's in the center of the frame, when it goes down and the, the house is behind it, you can actually see a little bit of light on the pole. So you can actually see where the pole goes down further mm. in, front, in front of the house. Mm-hmm. I never noticed that before. So that's kind of an interesting thing about it all, too. Uh, so next we got window light. And um, yeah, okay. So, yeah, both of these are my images. So uh the window light, if you're shooting indoors, position your subject near a window to utilize natural light. Window light can create a soft and flattering illumination, especially during the golden hour. Experiment with different angles and curtains to control the intensity and direction of light. I tried to find a picture I took in my house with a, um, you know, one of those like a see through type of linen type of curtain or whatever uh, on the window. And I could not find it in my Photos app. I'll probably find it tomorrow if I go looking for it again but um so what i did was i i so the worst the, the first one is um of inside of this old house and it was pretty dark in there it it's not like it was an abandoned house or anything it was there there was tours through this old place and mm-hmm. there was this door that had these two tall windows and, and a window across the top. And it was a dull day, a dull gray day, but the light was coming in. So the diffused light was coming through the window and it was lighting up the floor and, and, you know, the area around it and that, and, um, this was taken with my eight plus. That's how, no, sorry. My 6s I just looked oh, at loud. the thing here. This was my yeah. iPhone 6S, So that's how long, long ago this was taken. But, um, you know, just the light coming through the window provided uh, a wonderful, uh, soft light effect on the interior of this house, and the door. You know, even though the door is swung wide open, it's lit up. But that's probably because there's other windows um, in that room somewhere, letting just enough light in to to light it up and. You know, as far as editing, I don't know what I did with this, but I don't imagine it was too much. But um, you know, it, it the, just the light from that window was enough to give it a nice effect of um, you know, uh, you'd almost think it's like an abandoned empty house or whatever. But mm-hmm. meanwhile, it wasn't. But that's kind of the the feeling you get. You know, there's it's not like there's any um, interior lights on. The there's a light above the door, but it's not it's not lit up. Uh, I guess probably because it was in the middle of the day, but um, but you know to the opposite effect. My next image is simply my back door. The wintertime, I just finished mm-hmm. shoveling who knows how much snow off my deck, mm-hmm. and I thought it looked really cool with the light, the warm light from the inside of the house, you know, shining out the window, and onto the the railing and whatnot, and into the snow, and you know, just the the light bounces off the snow and then back onto the the wall and the door again to kind of light it up a bit. So, you know, window light can do a number of things. It can it can let natural outdoor light inside or it can let artificial light from the inside come out. And, you know, produce different lighting effects. Uh any thoughts on window light, Dave? Have you oh. like you've I think I've seen some of your images where you know you've taken of your uh, your pets and that and, yeah, you know, and a lot of them are like the in
1: right, and a lot of those are harsh window lights. Yeah. Especially like the cats where they love, you know, they see sun, they will plop themselves down and just kind of lay in the direct sun.
0: Right, yeah. Um
1: I was thinking I was I kept on trying to get more of a like you said, a more of a lighter light. Uh, a more diffuse light like you like you had in your first photo, mm-hmm. and I couldn't find anything easily on my camera, and when I tried to just take pictures, I couldn't find the right look and balance,
0: yeah, yeah yeah window light's not um yeah. it's not something that people think of too often, I don't think um but i I challenge the listeners to uh. Work on some images with window light and and see how much fun it can be. Oh, excuse me. Whether it's yeah. from from the inside out or from the outside yeah. in, and, and I uh, didn't
1: even think about doing like an outside in look.
0: Yeah, you know, but yeah. and I didn't either. I was like I say, I was looking for this one from the inside that had this curtain, mm-hmm. and I couldn't find it. Couldn't and at, but as I was looking through, I came across this image, and I thought, well, gee, you know, window light doesn't have to be from Taken on the inside, right? It could be taken on the outside and the light coming out the window. I mean, it's window light, right? So, um, yeah, so that's window light. Uh, The last one that we have, the last uh, topic is um, experiment with shadows. Mm -hmm. So I'll let you read that one, Dave.
1: Sure. Uh, Use the interplay of light and shadows to create dramatic and artistic effects. Shadows can add depth, texture, and interest to your photos. Look for interesting patterns or play with shadows to tell a unique visual story.
0: And I think what you've got with this one is really, really cool. Oh,
1: thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, this was another one taken last night um, when we didn't have power. and But we do have solar lights on either side of our walkway. And because it is summer, they get an awful lot of sunlight. And... It, there the lights do go out in that spoke pattern and that is cool (laughs) yeah so i took a picture of it and i just did a little bit of editing here i pretty much darkened the background a little bit more so i can give emphasis to the light beams going out in the radial pattern Yep. but other than that this is one where the camera sometimes will catch something more dramatic than what your eye can see it because your eye can get used to the shadows so the mm, lights yeah. aren't as contrasty yeah, as yeah. they are on the photo where here you can see two lights both kind of with their radial beams of light going out and just kind of interacting with each other
0: yeah yeah it, it almost looks like um you know there a, a lighthouse the way mm-hmm. it projects the light and it, it you yep. took a shot took a shot took a shot and t- took mm-hmm. multiple frames as it's going around that's kind of what it reminds me of but uh, no i really like the way like uh in the uh, the description it says interplay of light and shadows and that is exactly what this is um, you know it's it's very well captured it's a, those those lights are so cool i've never i haven't seen lights like that uh not even in mm. our stores here, yeah. but uh, you know, it, they'd be a lot of fun to to play around oh, yeah. with, with, with photography for sure. Um, you know, and then the other part of the description mentions texture uh, and add depth and things like that. And this picture that I took is just simply the top of our freezer and just inside a window and the wind, the, the sun was shining through this curtain that had these patterns on it mm. and the way it landed on the freezer, I thought, you know, that's kind of cool. I'll have to get get a picture of that mm-hmm. so that you can see the texture of the freezer, um, you know, throughout the image with the, uh, you know, the light and the shadow of, of the light coming through the curtain. And I just thought it was an interesting, you know, it, just an interesting uh, composition the way it is. And mm-hmm. all I did with this one is, is if I remember correctly, just boosted the contrast just a little bit and that's about it. Hmm. So uh you know play with light and shadow and and you know there's uh picture from years ago of a walkway in uh in our local park and it was in late fall and I have no idea where this image is now but the it was so late fall so that would mean that it would be dark early and the sun was going down and it was shining through these trees and the shadows were going across this um uh this walkway or this this path and it was just really neat the way it, it was just like um what's the best way to describe it almost like uh you know these little there's little sticks across the path and they were just the way they were lit, lit um the shadows were projecting across the path it's hard to explain with it. i could see the picture in my yep. mind but i can't i can't move, i can't get it out <laughs> but you know that the, the light and shadow playing with light and shadows um mm-hmm. and, you know even with that harsh midday sun image that we had of, of the trees in the forest there mm-hmm. you know that's that's light and shadow um yep. you know experimenting with that so uh you know have have you with you know with, thought of any other images that maybe you didn't include that you can think of that maybe kind of go along with this I, I
1: do have a couple different images of, of the same kind of walkway where you can see multiple more of them even more like kind of crisscrossing across the walkway oh yeah um that's the main one I can think of with light and shadows because you have to be careful because the white can overshadow so much you lose you lose the shadow itself.
0: Yeah. 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 It could be overpowering. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, one, okay. And another image that sticks out in my mind is I was out walking the dog one time and it was getting near the end of the day and the sun was behind me and the dog and our shadows down going Mm -hmm, down on the road. mm -hmm. It made, made us look like we're 10 times taller than we really are. You know, so time of day, could have a lot to do with uh, Mm -hmm. how the interplay with light and shadows would work. Um, I can't, I can't think of any, any other ways to experiment with it right now, but I mean, uh, you know, don't be afraid of your shadow folks, because it could be interesting what you could do with it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, most definitely. And, Um, you know, these are different categories, but you can definitely overlap. You know, oh, light yeah. and shadows oh, yeah. with backlit with silhouette. You can hop off one hop of another and you know, there's no hard and fast. Well, this is obviously a soil wet, and this is the backlit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, you know light is is what photography is all about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, trying find finding ways to utilize natural light. Uh, whether it's from the sun or the moon or from, Mm -hmm. you know, street lights or any light source at all. Uh, I I would call that natural light. But anyway, um, there's so many different ways you can do it. So to to sum up this this, uh, topic here, uh, ChatGTP said at the end of it all, it says, remember to pay attention to the direction, quality, and intensity of natural light in different scenarios. Take test shots and adjust your composition, exposure, and positioning accordingly. Uh, iPhone cameras have built-in exposure control, which allows you to tap and adjust the exposure manually. Of course, we all know that Um, to adjust proper or to ensure proper lighting on your subject. With practice and observation, you will learn to make the most of the natural light and capture stunning images with your iPhone. So I think that sums it up pretty good.
1: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, you know, that's uh, utilizing natural light. And um, I think because I am just so whipped, Dave, I think we'll call it a night.
1: <laughs> no, that sounds good. I know that definitely sounds good.
0: Yeah. So, so like um, I said, again, it's, lots,
1: it's lots of information too that we want over. So
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, so again, folks, go to the website, ifonography.ca, look for the uh, episode podcast, and you can see these images. Um, if you don't see them on your podcast player of choice, uh, I don't think Spotify does this yet. Uh, which is really unfortunate because a lot of listeners use Spotify, but it works in Apple Podcasts, Overcast, um, Pocket Casts, I think, and there's a few other ones that it'll probably work in. But um, but yeah, uh, you know, and and these these images that Dave and I provide are just mere examples. There's so many different options mm-hmm. that you can you can use. Um, so uh, again, next uh, on the next episode, we're going to talk about understanding exposure. So yep. that should be uh, fun and interesting to, mm-hmm. especially, you know, trying to get our homework done and come up with the images that, could, mm-hmm. you know, portray that. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, so I guess, Dave, just tell folks where you, where they could find you.
1: Sure. you can find me on most social media as ProfPod, on Twitch as ProfPodPGH, and in the Facebook group as Dave Podner Jr.
0: All You can find me pretty much everywhere at B slash uh, Macmillan. Uh, that's where all all my links will be for just about everywhere I am, I guess. Uh, and again, the podcast website is uh, iphenography.ca. So uh, thanks, Dave. It was an, another educating discussion, and uh, yeah.
1: always, always, fun look... always, done, always fun to talk about. Always fun. Always fun to talk about.
0: Oh sure, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, I guess mm-hmm. we'll see you all in the next one, everybody.
1: Have a great one, everyone.